I'm Andrea Meyer. I'm a professor of aging, and the primary aim I have is preventing age-related diseases. Um, there is prolonging the healthy lifespan. Build your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural fails and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters on International Business. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution. He makes you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Every episode, he interviews a prominent guest who will tell you his or her story and share international experiences, making you more cultural competent. And now, here's your host, Chris Smith. Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good morning. My name is Chris Smith, and you're listening to the Culture Matters Podcast. We are on episode 99.0. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, then it is a good time to do that right now while I go ahead with the introduction. So make sure you subscribe in iTunes to this podcast. Today's guest is Professor Dr. Dr. Andrea Meyer, Professor of General Medicine and Aged Care, also connected to the University of Melbourne, Australia, where she is Divisional Director of Medicine and Community Care. Then there is the Royal Melbourne Hospital, where she is Professor of Aging, and if that wasn't enough, she's also a Chair at the Freie Universiteit, or University in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. It's uh, somewhat of an odd recording, not odd recording in in the content-wise, but um, we don't talk about specific cultural differences, but we talk about the global aspects of aging and getting older and uh, the other side, of course, staying healthy as well. And stick around until the end of the the episode because then uh, Professor Dr. Dr. Meyer, Andrea for us, will give us three tips to become, uh, or to stay actually, as healthy as you can. And for now, let's get right to the interview. It's time for this week's guest at Culture Matters. Good morning, Andrea. How are you? Thank you. It's not really morning here. Uh, well, okay, well, <laughs> it's evening. The thing is, I'm, I'm looking at the, at, at the uh, because we're recording this as well. If you want to if, if see what I see, and I, I address now the audience here, you can go to culturematters.com slash YouTube, and you can look up this conversation. Because I'm looking at, uh, right behind you, there's a, there's a sun, or actually it's a window, and I can see outside, and it's actually the sun is setting, right? That is where you are at this moment. Yes, so I'm in Melbourne, so it's 8 o'clock in the evening, and what you also see is a cat sleeping, so which means it's evening. But it's also, <laughs> yes, yes, I can see the cat, the black and white cat on the sofa there, yawning away like cat, like cats do. Um, yeah, I, I like cats as well. Um, I also really like the subject that we're going to talk about, and that is, for me, a very interesting mix of a, a personal interest and a professional interest. Because um, you are, well, in the intro, we have heard that you are a professor of general medicine and aged care. Um, but tell us a little bit more about yourself. We know that you're Melbourne, um, but you have more of a cultural mix in terms of background. So tell us a little bit about yourself, please. I was born in uh, Aurich, which means in uh, Germany, a very, very tiny town. I grew up um, in tiny villages in Ostfriesland, which is also Germany. 
And um, then while studying medicine, I um, studied in different countries and uh, because I like different cultures. And um, so I studied from China, Tangshan to um, Estonia to um, uh, New Zealand to uh, tiny cities in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I moved from while starting my job in Germany, I started working in the Netherlands and from the Netherlands while having a lot of international corporations, because mm-hmm. I'm a researcher, research is um, international. I uh, went from the Netherlands to Melbourne and now I have a double position in uh, at the University of Melbourne and at the Free University in Amsterdam. Uh, and I still have the German roots in the house over there. That is that, that is quite you're a professor and you have a, a, a chair if you want in Amsterdam and in Melbourne. That's not a, a, a location that is easily visitable if that, that that's a word. I mean you don't jump from Amsterdam quickly to Melbourne, right? So how do you how do you do that? But even if you jump in Europe, you have to go and catch an airplane and you have to fly. And um, I do that from Melbourne to Amsterdam, which means it's a 30-hour versus a times trip. Uh-huh. Um, that's quite okay because um, it's my private time. So I do that quite often, every five to six weeks. Right. And I really enjoy it because I enjoy the flight because most of the airplanes, they don't have a good Wi-Fi, <laughs> which means <laughs> that it's my time. Yeah. So I'm not disturbed by all the emails, etc. Um, coming in and not the question so and I can sleep so it's not really the distance and when I flew to Melbourne the second time Uh in my life I I have to say I realized how small the world is um, which is quite confronting um, because I thought what's next because I never went to before Uh the hand hunter contacted me I'd really had of course I had a clue where where Australia was, but yeah. um, I never went there before. So it really struggles me what's next because this, the US is so small because I'm flying to US from mm-hmm. Australia to Europe and everything is connected. So mm-hmm. it's quite small. So I'm not I'm not struggling with the distance. So the distance is more maybe culturally or mm-hmm. uh, what a brain can really um, try to capture yeah. in in work. Okay. Yeah, interesting. I have I had a very uh, <laughs> very horrible question written down. I don't prepare much of these interviews because I'd like the, the flow of the conversation to be more spontaneous. Um, and I was going to ask your age, but I'm not going to. I just I'm, I I, I stro- struck out that question because we're talking about age and aging, and I was thinking, okay, well, let's kick this off, you know, asking your age, but that would be very impolite, so I'm not going to. So um, I think you have to, to disentangle the chronological age, so my passport age and the biological age. So if you want to know my biological age, I think uh, my brain is quite young and I still like silly things and um, disruptive things um, in terms of behavior. And um, if you talk about the chronological age, um, I'm already in the age where I deteriorate in terms of the physical and cognitive function. Okay, so we, and, and when does that start? So let, when, when does that deterioration start? At the age of, it depends on the organ um, in, in our human body. So generally speaking, it starts at the age of 25. 25. And there's some variation, but every organ really starts to deteriorate at the age of 27. So there's a range from 23 to 
527, where really the decline right. starts. Okay, I'll tell my son that. He just turned 25. Um, I'm tell him, I'll tell him that he's at the peak of his physical being. Yes, you should. So, and you also then should, I don't know if you like that, but um, you should tell him that he should reproduce quite um, uh, <laughs> in the near future because this is the maximum of the physical capacity, which means that your damage in your cells is the lowest. Uh -huh. So, you don't want to um, give the damage to your, to your offspring. Okay, well, that's 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 a discussion that we have because I got three kids. Uh, one is twenty five, the one the other is twenty two. The youngest is thirteen, um, and I want to be a grandfather. You know, it's it just it's the title, you know, granddad or grandfather, but I, they're not ready for that yet. So it's um, that's a discussion I need to have with them. But I'll 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 use your um, your arguments as a support um, a supportive arguments there. Uh, so from an evolution point of view, you should start early. Uh -huh. Yes. Okay. All right, good. Is is that is that that age? Because that that's again that one thing triggers the other thing. You know, uh, this chronological um, uh, degradation or, or or breakdown of the body. Does, is that across? Is that just biological? In other words, does it make a difference whether you're a Japanese or whether you're a Southern Italian? You know, whether you eat a lot of fish or whether you um, eat a lot of uh, well Mediterranean food, olive oil, etc. I mean, I'm I'm mentioning these two Japanese and Southern Italian because I think, to my knowledge. These people tend to age quite uh, graciously. That's true. So they're in the blue zones on Earth, in the blue zones in uh, Antecilia, in Japan, for example. And there the um, life expectancy is quite good. So there we have the oldest living people. Um, but that's not the only good thing. Also, the health span is quite good. So the health span is the years with in, health, in a healthy state. And the health span is quite dramatically, significantly different in these zones compared to um, other zones in Europe or US or in Australia. So, which means that if you are healthy and you age health in a healthy way, your biological age is also lower compared to chronological age. Um, because you don't only feel yourself younger, but you are physically and cognitively also younger. And if you are physically and cognitively younger, you're also very likely not having all the age-related diseases because the diseases are the end product of the aging process. Independent on your pace of aging, so how fast you age, your biological age is younger and you don't have the diseases. Nice. Yes, and it's due to several uh, factors, as you already mentioned. Yeah. Um, it is not only that the fish or some... Um, some vegetables, and um, but they are quite actively integrated in the society. Um, they are very physically active um, because they do they are the work in in the garden, um, etc. So it's more the the physical activity together with the diet and the the social surrounding, which makes that yeah these are quite healthy living people. Um, and um, always we thought, okay, there should be a, some genetic makeup mm -hmm. in these blue zones, yes. that there are specific genes, but however, this is not true. So the genetic makeup is really not different in these zones compared to others, so it's really lifestyle. So it's, and, it's, it's um, nature, it's nurture, it's not nature in this case. Yes, Okay. And, and so I just, I mean, I mentioned these because I thought indeed that they were the, the areas in the world, Japan and the south of Italy, where people live longest. 
is there an, are there other parts of the world where it's contrary? Um, I mean, I can think of obvious places where there's a lot like Beijing, where there's a lot of air pollution. I mean, that is probably not conducive to good health. So are there other places where lifestyle or and slash culture gets in the way of either a biological or chronological uh, aging and actually speeds that up? So um, yeah, actually also within Japan, for example, so the life expectancy within the inner city centers, it's lower compared to the... Um, um, to the regions, so because of the the lifestyle, and um, if you look, for example, in Manchester, there was a very nice study. Mm-hmm. So Manchester, you would say, okay, it's a very nice study, or Newcastle, very nice study. UK life expectancy should be good because the socioeconomic status is quite good. Yeah. But um, within a city centre, we already see a, a gradient um, dependent on socioeconomic status, which is also, of course, associated with culture and mortality. So within one city center, dependent where you are living, you have a life expectancy which differs six to seven years within the same city. So it's not only between countries and not between regions, but within cities where we see that socioeconomic status goes along with um, mortality and uh, morbidity. And can you put it in terms of culture? Can you say, for instance, that the Dutch are in generally are one of the happiest people in the world? In other words, they, they... is that that's no they're not no so um no they're not so if we ask people to grade their life so how happy are you yeah um yeah. then the northern countries in europe are better compared to the um uh, southern countries yeah. so you give um if you have a scale from zero to ten in the southern countries they give the six six and a half and the northern countries give it eight and in the Netherlands, it's around. It's it's like um, a polder. It's a seven. So um, it's it's always mediocre in the Netherlands. <laughs> yeah, it's always yes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, nothing is ever an eight or a nine. It's, nothing is extreme. No. So um, Dutch people are happy and they are quite healthy. Yeah. Um, but also Dutch people, as other Western countries, have a very detrimental lifestyle, which goes with culture. So we like to eat, and um, with the eating habits, um, we are obese, and with obesity comes diseases, and there was um, a higher rate of the aging trajectory, and there was a high biological age. Okay, so if I go to Fabo once in a while, uh, uh, that's really bad, right? And nobody knows what Fabo is. I guess you do. <laughs> yes, of course, I know what Fabo is, so don't go there because it's quite fatty. <laughs> It's a, so if you want to have a French fries, um, it's not a French fries, but it's fries. Um, yes. If you go there, <laughs> you can go there um, once a month. Even I have my French fries on Friday, so that's my French fries day. Uh-huh. Because um, the other days I'm I'm eating quite healthy and I'm enjoying eating French fries on Friday. So that's nothing bad, but it's more um, balancing not only uh, what you eat, but your, your behavior. And that's that's quite important and that you have in mind what your behavior is and then there is a strategy of compensation. So on Friday, there is the French fries. On Saturday, there is the green salad. Okay. All right. (laughs) To compensate, to make up. And on Friday, you keep your sanity by eating your French fries. Um, and by the way, Fabo is is um, is a fast food joint where you eat 
out of the wall. And that is a very typical Dutch, I think, thing that I haven't seen in many other countries in the world. At least not the greasy food that you get from, uh, uh, from the, from the store called Fabo. It's a chain as well. Um, I, I was thinking about, you know, um, uh, all of a sudden, this this hit single from Queen popped up in my mind. Uh, this was in, and I looked it up in 1986. Queen had a hit single with, and it's called "Who Wants to Live Forever." You know, mm-hmm. and, and are there cultures that want to live forever? Do we is that is that the ultimate goal, or are there cultures that say, "Well, forget it. It's a, this is good enough as it is." Um, it's not cultures, but younger people would like to live forever. So there have been a lot of interviews um, done in different cultures within a culture and in populations Mm -hmm. and young people really don't want to die um old people which means older 70 to 80 years old they they had enough um of living most of the time so they are happy if they are going to die and they're not typical um populations in terms of countries who really want to live longer they are countries who live longer compared to others Mm -hmm. um so it's, it's really dependent on your population and the society you are talking to. It's not country-specific. So it may be culture-specific, but then within population or within, and especially the younger individuals who do not want to die because okay. they, are, of course, they want to reproduce and they want to enjoy their life, yes. and they think everything will still stay the same. Yeah, and I guess in our minds it stays the same as well. I mean, you said yourself, like your your uh, your your biological age and chronological age are can, can be quite different. And for you yourself, that that counts. And I guess for me as well. I mean, I think of myself as being this this twenty plus uh, kid, you know, who likes to likes to play around. At least in my mind, you know, and and physically, I see the strains of life uh, occasionally coming back. You know, and, and that I, I, I get this kind of thing, I get that kind of thing, and then I am at my doctors because of this or that, etc. And although generally I reckon I'm, I'm, I'm doing decently well for my age, that is. Um, I won't ask your age, but you are looking young. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to you in any case. It's, I'm 54. So oh, oh, you're quite young. So actually, that's not a good sign that you have to go to the doctor. So the mean age when um, you become a patient, uh-huh. so which means that you have the first chrono- uh, chronic disease, is at the age of 45. Okay. So um, try to escape that, okay. um, that being a patient. Yes, well, I, I was at my, I, just, I don't know why we're talking about this, but since we're on the topic, I was at my doctor's just the other day, um, just for something, something, something unimportant, uh, without getting into details. And he looked at, and uh, he looked at my file, and which is an online file, and he said, oh, okay, that's quite good. I said, what do you mean quite good? I'm here. I have, I have something that I, I'm here to see you. He said, no, your file is quite thin. So that was, and he saw, and he said, that is good. If your file is thin, that's good because you yes. don't, there's not much to, um, well, to look at or to do. Um, now you that's, are, you're, con- you're concerned. Yeah. Partly true. Okay. Because I think you avoid, um, going to the doctor, which means your file is quite thin and it can be very thin with a serious disease because you don't go to the doctor if you have symptoms. Yeah. Um, or it's really thin if you really try to prevent age-related diseases. Right. So in your uh, case, I think thin is good, but not always thin is good. Okay. All right. Well, I, after this interview, I'm going to have a, a raw herring. 
um, <laughs> that, that I bought yesterday and I forgot to eat yesterday. So it has to go today. And I think they, um, uh, that would be relatively healthy, fatty, um, fatty fish food, uh, providing, of course, it's not infected with heavy metals, uh, and stuff like that. Um, I want to get back to the, to the culture a bit, uh, Andrea, if, if you're okay with that. Your, um, you're originally from Germany, right? And uh, you have a uh, you're a professor in Amsterdam or in the Netherlands, and a professor in Melbourne, Australia. So, when you talk about your subject, aging and and uh, and age and and getting older and stuff like that, do you see a difference being a German? Looking at do the Dutch take this in easier, or do the Australians take this in easier? Who is more receptive to this? I would say Europe is more receptive. So it's a hot topic in Europe and in the Netherlands. So everybody is thinking about aging. Everybody is talking about aging and everybody is seeing it as a problem, which is the sad side of the story mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. of the success of what we did. So um, yes, um, aging is um, in the media in, in Europe. Aging is not in the media and um, there is not in society in Australia. It's an unrecognized phenomenon. Um, nobody is talking about it and nobody is really realizing that there might be a problem in terms of um, population sizes, etc. So, so why, why do you say that? Because that for me, that seems that you see a problem. There is a problem. I don't see a problem. No, I see it as a success, but it's sold as a problem because the baby boomers are coming and the baby boomers, um, they will retire in a, in the next 10 years. And, um, there is, there is a financial problem. Yeah. I would say turn it around. We already know in 65, 70 years that the baby boomers are coming because they were born. Yeah. Um, and there was, we know, um, the number of individuals, um, aging. And in the last 50 years, we already know that um, it's quite hard to die because we have all the um, interventions for all the diseases. So uh, we're accumulating the diseases and also the baby boomers are accumulating these diseases. Yeah. So it's quite um, logical that we have a bigger number uh, in, ter in terms of population sizes who are aged with age-related diseases. And then it's interpreted that there's a problem. However, um, I think we could anticipate um, towards the success because it's our success, first of all, that we have baby boomers, and the second thing, sure. that they are still alive. Yeah. So I wouldn't call it a problem, but it's most of the times the, um, um, the society see it as a problem because especially it's financial driven. Okay, I was uh, so you're 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 focusing on um, you actually want to label it as a success while it's being sold as a problem. On the other hand, you know this this whole obesity thing that must that must be a problem, isn't it? Or is yes. is, is obesity bigger than cancer at this moment? So I think obesity is a pro is a real problem, but obesity is something else than aging. So. Even with obesity, we are aging because um, with obesity are going along. They go along with a lot of age-related diseases, and we have drugs for the age-related diseases. Mm -hmm. So even if you're obese, mm -hmm. you, of course, you have a higher chance to die, but you will not die because of our major events and yeah. and our successes in 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 medicine. So aging is not the problem. Obesity. So we our our lifestyle is a problem, and it's not only our lifestyle. It's 
it's you, me, and I'm not a beast, luckily, but um, so. <laughs> I can see I that know. clearly. <laughs> so it's it's our lifestyle, it's our habits, um, which makes it quite difficult to stay healthy mm. um, as a group. And that's a problem. Yeah. So individ- it's easier for the individual, evidently, but if you want to nail it down to a group and change these lifestyle, this actually triggers another thing that I actually, this is a question I have written down. Um, you are an advocate of, of healthy food uh, and getting enough exercise. And that seems so much common sense, right? Common sense, but it's apparently not common practice, at least not for, for groups of people, I guess, or maybe whole countries as well. Uh, which cultures do you find are most open to pick up these lifestyle changes fastest? Is that, again, back to the European thing? No, no, no. It's not picking up at fastest because we are already talking about evidence of the last 50 years. We already know that 50, um, since 50 or even 100 years that obesity is is, is detrimental for, for your body yeah. and we don't pick it up. And even the obesity rate is increasing, so we don't pick up something at all. And the only thing we know is um, that the countries who live the longest with um, less uh, diseases, they are the ones where obesity is not a problem, which means that's really the rural areas of Japan, for example, the blue zones. So we do not learn. And the reason why we are not learning and we are still obese and the incidence of this obesity is still increasing, especially in children, is because we are lazy. Um, and as a people, I mean, as a people, we are lazy as a population. We are as human beings, our species, human beings next to our, um, our cats and dogs living with us. Uh We are very, very lazy. And why are we lazy? Because we lost the capacity to hunt. We lost the capacity to do something with our body. Um, because we have an app to get our food mm-hmm. and we have a, an app to um, to plan um, our lives. Yeah. So we don't have to move anymore, but we would like to eat because eating gives um, a very nice feeling in us. That's the reason why we are eating and we are eating too much, that it's a little bit satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And out of the satisfaction um, um, rises a lot of... Um, rises negativity which is age-related diseases like diabetes heart failure strokes etc all these diseases are linked to obesity which means our habits um yeah so we are too lazy and we don't learn and i think we don't have that's also the reason that we we of course we should learn and we should be thin however there's no incentive to do that because isn't that isn't it I don't know. I'm thinking, I'm thinking back here again, a personal thing. It's, it's, um, uh, my mom, um, she's still alive, 82 years old. And, uh, she had a double knee operation. Say the, the one, the, what is the left or the right knee got operated twice. Um, and, uh, just before that first operation, um, I put her on a diet. I mean, that sounds really strict, but <laughs> the master walks in and puts her mom, his mom on a diet. Well, that's, that was not the case, but she, uh, she, she never liked cooking. And I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll prescribe you this and these, these and these foods, leave those foods and eat, eat those foods. She lost close to 20 kilos. Right. Which is, I mean, at that age, and she was 75 at the, at that time or something or, or late seventies. Um, 
And she clearly told me, and she got in the car and she was able to put on her safety belt herself. And she said, you know, I've never realized how much all that of me was in the way. Does that make sense? That is an incentive, isn't it? I mean, she's gained the, 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 the 20 kilos plus again. How can That's that not, not be an incentive? So, of course, there is an incentive because if you lost it and you keep it like this, oh. that's such a wonderful life and people see that but um, during that journey that's quite hard because there's not an incentive to do it because you will get the new knees without losing weight mm -hmm. so that could be an incentive that you have to first lose weight and that you hold the weight mm -hmm. for a couple of months mm -hmm. because yeah. then you show that you can hold weight yeah. and then you get the new knees and what is so wonderful that there are studies done if you are losing weight, you hold weight, you do exercise training, that you don't uh, need the new knees mm. because you strengthened your body and you strengthened your muscle. So the operation is just useless at that yeah. point of time. Yeah. I can remember um, uh, my parents, when they were young, they had a scooter. Uh, and they drove from the Netherlands to Italy and they went over the Alps because the tunnels did not exist. You know, they did not have helmets and stuff like that. All that stuff did not seem to be, seem to be dangerous. If you look at movies from the seventies, sixties and seventies, you know, smoking looked like it was healthy. Nobody knew smoking was dangerous except a couple of people, of course. Then, uh, it became that e eggs were dangerous for you and now they're not. And then there's spinach, which was bad and now it's not. Is that what, what else is, is there on the shelves that is considered being good now or bad now and that you consider might swing the other, other way, actually? You understand what I'm saying? What I'm, what I'm, what I'm yes. Asking? Yeah. So there are some consistent factors. Like we know, um, we know that smoking, so smoking was not considered bad. Mm -hmm. Smoking is now bad. Yeah. Um, but now, especially young individuals and especially women start smoking again. So the ones who start smoking and are quitting smoking is higher and it's increasing because it gets to the, um, to the environment again that, that it's sexy to smoke, for example. Mm -hmm. And okay. uh, that's quite detrimental. Yeah. So, and of course, there was a, a time where we thought, okay, all these um, mobile phones will be detrimental. So until now, that's not a detrimental effect. However, we can't really look into the future in the next 50 years what that... Um, we can or we cannot? We cannot. No? Okay. Because we have no clue because um, changes can be quite quite slow so there which we are not able to detect changes and that was the same in smoking so just really in the in, in the 15s it became the awareness okay you're smoking you have more lung cancer and it takes some some decades to really get the association and to prove the causality um, what we know is obesity is quite detrimental yeah. <laughs> for your um, for your for your health, and even if we know that we don't do something, okay. okay. This is because we have an excellent um, healthcare system. Yeah, possibly too good. I mean, and that is one of the that that's one of the biggest gains, of course, that we have, which has led to uh, to a longer life lifespan, of course. Um, I am looking at the clock, and we're about thirty minutes into uh, into recording. Uh, what is the holy grail to become very old? What is the one thing or three things? Um, that that you could do to 
you know, to get old, to be old, to well, and healthy, of course. Um, so the first ingredient is that you have to choose your uh, parents wisely. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is um, 25% of your longevity, uh -huh. which means, okay, that this is, of course, not possible, but choose your partner wisely. Uh -huh. um, for your offspring, because we are humans, we are species, which means that the only thing we should do on Earth is uh, reproduce and um, invest in the species. Uh -huh. So we have to make sure that genetic makeup is the best um, dependent on the environment we are living in. So that's the first thing. The second thing, and that's a very, very big thing, is the lifestyle. And of course, we already know, and I won't um, go into detail but it's it's really the diet and um so not being obese it's a physical activity it's a good sleep um a lot of social uh factors being surrounded by family members friends is very important okay. um, people okay. live longest if they go to church that doesn't mean that church is the holy grail but it's a community because people recognize if you don't go to church which means maybe you are sad or something is going wrong and people ask right. where you are. So, and especially in the generations um, from the 20s and 30s who um, grew up within a church culture, um, there we really find that and the distinctive that you have to be surrounded with people who care mm -hmm. or who, who, who observe you. Right. <laughs> if they really care is another question. Um, so that's important. And the third one is, um, it's also quite important. It's, um, having luck. <laughs> so <laughs> how do you, how do you do that? I don't have, I, I really don't know, but you can have bad luck. So right. you can have bad luck at, at younger ages, for example, where, um, for example, your, your body is, um, is, um, for example, so stressed that you have a breakdown of one of your systems and you get cancer yeah. at early age. Yeah. So which is really bad luck because it's not in your genes and you, you were very, very healthy yeah. and you just have the luck to get the, to become a, a, a patient of very young disease due to really bad luck. Okay. And it's not yeah. genetically driven, but it's just uh, a DNA damage, for example. Right. So yeah. these are the, the three very, very big, um, and important ingredients, whereas the lifestyle seventy five percent is the is the biggest. I'm making notes as we speak because I'm going to put put these notes in the show notes as well. Um, <laughs> all right, sounds yeah. sounds really good. Normally, I would ask my guests to uh, to come up with three tips to become more culturally competent, uh, but this is somewhat of a deviant subject, uh, but still related to culture, and it's a very international, spanning the globe, uh, aging because it happens to all of us whether we like it or not. Um, your book forever young that is is that the, the the english title as well because you have written well at least the book that i bought um and that triggered me to get in, in touch with you as well has that been translated in english as well uh, we are at the moment translating so it's um will be launched in australia and the english speaking countries at the end of the year at uh, the end of the year is 2017 Yes, 2017. Yes, okay. the end of the year. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, some people are listening to this in the future. So that might actually be in 2018. And what's the yeah. title of the book? So that's the most important uh, of 
course questions and we don't have a title yet for the English and that's still missing because which is the dot title yeah. is not really translatable because it's so unique yeah. um, and it's it's translated as forever young but I think forever young is really it's so such a um, a common title that I don't like it. So we're still working on that. And that's the reason why it's not launched yet. Okay. How about, <laughs> how about past your expiration date or something like that? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to come up yeah. with your title. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, if you Google Andrea Meyer and Meyer is spelled M A I E R, uh, then you come up uh, pretty high in the Google searches and no doubt your book will be part of that as well. Yes. Um, if you... Um, so read it. It's very good. Read it. Is very, I know it's very <laughs> good. It's Yes, I, I can I can vouch for that as well. Yeah. So it's not, an, not a book for, for old persons, whatever old is. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of tips for the 30 to 50-year-olds. Okay. Oh, I just, I'm just out of that range. That is so unfair. Okay. Um, I'm actually, my daughter, 13 years old, is very interested in your, uh, your TV performance, which unfortunately was only in Dutch. And I, there's no subtitles there. Uh, you did a series of five episodes on the, the Dutch university or Nederlandse Universiteit. You did that and that was all about your subject. And unfortunately, they never subtitled that. So that is a consideration to have that subtitle because the, the reach will be a lot bigger. I don't understand why this is not aired on TV as well. Any case, if people want to get in touch with you, Andrea, how could they do that? And if you want to, if you want that, of course, as well. Oh, just send me an email and uh, follow us. So my group is called at H Amsterdam and at H Melbourne. We just launched a website um, at the Melbourne site, and um, in the future there will be an Amsterdam site. So it's the at at the at uh, from the emails, and then H like uh, H and yeah. Amsterdam and Melbourne where we work. And otherwise, send me an email a dot b dot Meyer M A I E R at hotmail dot com. Now, it's a good thing that these 30-hour flights are there, so you don't have to read all these emails. Okay. And right, follow well, me on Twitter. That's uh, also important. Okay. Twitter, uh, Andrea B. Uh, Meyer, M-A-I-E-R. Meyer, M-A-I-E-R. Andrea B. And then M-A-I-E-R. Got that. All right. Put that in the show notes as well. You can find that all in culturematters.com. Andrea, thank you so much for your uh, time and talk. In the meantime, it has grown dark. The cat is gone out hunting, I guess. Um, that's of what, course. That's what cats do at night. And uh, the, the audio system, your new stereo system stayed kind of quiet as well. So that's good. Thanks. Okay. Thanks so much. And I hope to bump into you in the future. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's it for this week, the Culture Matters podcast. If you want to see what uh, it all looked like in Melbourne when we recorded this, you can go to culturematters.com slash, slash YouTube and look up this uh, this podcast recording or the videocast recording, rather. Again, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, make sure you do that right now. And while you're at it, why don't you leave a review in iTunes as well? If you know anybody that would make a good guest, why don't you pop me an email? Um, send an email to chris.smith, so C-H-R-I-S dot S-M-I-T at culturematters.com, and we'll see what we can work out. Um, what else do I need to say? This episode was produced by Janice Sheila. Music was by Ben Sound. I am Chris Smith. And this was the Culture Matters Podcast. I'll be back in two weeks' time. Thank you. That's it for this episode. 
Culture Matters, making you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution.